With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, at least we didn't win rather handedly in the first game of the series. Quite the opposite, actually. We got blown out. Welcome to your Morning Bucket Joe for Tuesday, May 30th, 2023 on the Fan First Sports Network. I'm Jake Slobodnik here waking up with you. Hopefully you had a wonderful Memorial Day. I know I was able to get out, enjoy a nice cookout with some friends, almost like a part two, because we had our main cookout on Sunday, but then we reconvened on Monday Pretty much to put a, a a lid on it. You know, we all had some fun, played some cornhole, played some badminton too, almost tore my ACL doing that. But uh, either way, we had a great Memorial Day. Hope you did too. Uh, Pirates, not so great. 14 to 4, losing in the series opener to the San Francisco Giants at Oracle Park. It was just an awful game from the start. After a scoreless first by both teams, the Giants jumped all over Rich Hill in the second, scoring four or no, five runs in the inning. Patrick Bailey doubled in two runs. Brandon Crawford doubled in another. Austin Slater homer to drive in two more. That's where the five spot came from. Pirates, they did get one back in the third. Yippee. Austin Hedges grounded out. He traded out out for run as Josh Palacios, who led off with a triple, uh, was able to score on the ground outs. Giants, though, got that run right back in the bottom of the fourth thanks to a J.D. Davis single. Jack Sawinski, he had two homers in the game, but they came in garbage time. Uh, his 10th came in the seventh inning to bring it to 6-2. Rodolfo Castro then grounded out, which scored another, brought the deficit within three. Uh, but Mitch Haniger, he doubled in another run, 7-3. In the bottom of the seventh, Casey Schmidt followed with a single, 9-3. Patrick Bailey, a two-run shot to make it 11-3. And Austin Slater doubled in one to make it 13-3. And then 
again to cap off the giant scoring. It just seems like one of those Billy Mays commercials. But wait, there's more. Mitch Haniger doubled in another run, the final run of the game for San Francisco, 14 to three at that point. And then as if things couldn't get any funnier enough, Jack Sawinski off a position player, homered his 11th time this season to bring the deficit to 10, 14 to four, the final score. Sawinski's second homer coming in the ninth. He did make history. He joined Barry Bonds being the only two players to smack a ball into McCovey Cove twice in one game. Very good company to be in with, but uh, if only it came in better circumstances. Uh, Big game for Tucapita Marcano. He went three for four with a double and actually, I think he had two doubles. Yeah, he had two doubles in the game. I don't know why I thought he had a double and a triple. That would be Josh Palacios. He finished two for four with a double and a triple. Not a bad game for him. He's actually hitting 304 on the season with a 795 OPS. Uh, that surprised me a little bit. I'm sure it's not sustainable, but if we're looking at the positives, trying to scrape any silver linings out of that game, that is at least one of them. And Sawinski, obviously, two for four with a pair of homers. Came in garbage time, though. Doesn't really matter. Um, Cody Bolton got lit up eight earned runs in just one third of an inning, allowed six hits, two walks, didn't strike out anybody, a lot of Homer, uh, rich Hill suffered the loss, went six innings, surprisingly, uh, 94 pitches struck out three, a lot of Homer, a walk, six earned runs and nine hits. Rob's a Strisney, uh, didn't allow an earned run, did pitch two thirds of an inning. Chris Owings, how about him? He only had one good spot this season. That was on the mound yesterday. Position player pitching, he only allowed two hits, but uh, surprisingly enough, didn't allow an earned run. Actually, one of the best pitching lines for the Pirates yesterday. Not saying too much at this point in the time. Uh, Can you tell the sarcasm in my voice a little bit? But um, yeah, at least a good outing from him, I guess? Question mark? Not entirely sure. Uh, Good thing from the game. Pirates only struck out three times. I guess that's a silver lining in of itself. Uh, Kutch had two of those. Connor Joe had the other. So aside from those two, uh, we had some pretty good plate appearances by some people. Uh, No walks, though. That's the thing that really kills me. We went up against Anthony DiSclefani, who is no slouch. Don't get me wrong. He's not a terrible pitcher, and he's not really a bad pitcher, but he's not a great pitcher either. We could have done something against him, uh, but we really didn't. It was just an all-around bad game. Are we finally starting to see that Rich Hill can be a problem for the Pirates on the field? On the field, that is where I think he's a problem. Off the field in the locker room, he's great. Great asset to have. Uh, great mentor for the younger pitchers. We've seen that throughout the course of the year. But I think now his on-field product is starting to become a problem. A lot of people thought Hill would probably do better than Vince Velasquez. And while Vince Velasquez is unfortunately on the injured list, um, Rich Hill, he's not really doing many favors either. Hitters opposing or opposing hitters generating a lot of hard contact. They're creating runs because of it. Looking at five runs, second inning as usual. Yeah, Rich Hill kind of... He, he kind of buckled down after that inning, but again, one big inning. You guys are out for the game. doesn't matter what happens beyond that. Uh, it was a solid first inning. Can we just commend both of those starting pitchers, Hill and DiSclefani, for a second? It was anywhere from 11 to 14 total pitches in that first inning. Now, obviously, DiSclefani is a little bit skewed because of some poor base running, yet again, by the Pirates in the first. But still, for both of those to combine with 11 to 14 total pitches in the first inning as a whole, that's pretty cool to see. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do want to pose that question is rich Hill's ability on the field starting to become a problem for anybody else. I've been noticing it. Didn't want to pipe up because a lot of people I, I'm, I'm against the, the majority here. I'm part of the minority that thinks rich Hill's on field product is starting to be a plague for the pirates. And we're seeing that now 
He, you know, yeah, it was great. He had a four three record at one point, an ERA almost sub three, but now it is at four seventy six. He's now four and five on the season, and I know those are base stats, but I mean, just a lot of things by Rich Hill. It's not going his way, and quite honestly. The Pirates could probably use some help from somebody in the minor leagues. Now, they could definitely keep Rich Hill around, maybe keep him as like a coach or a mentor, maybe a spot starter here and there, maybe find a different role for him. But in every like in every fifth day starter, yikes, that's it's starting to become a problem for the Pirates. Um, I, don't, I don't know the answer to that, but I do want to just address it now. I think it's becoming a problem. Then I didn't want to overreact after one poor performance. Really, after uh, throughout this part of the year, it's not as bad as it could have been with Hill, but it's certainly not as great as it was. So I'm starting to think that there is a problem here with Rich Hill. And I commend all of people or some people on Twitter who are agreeing with me that Jack Sawinski only shows up in garbage time and mop up roles, whether the pirates are up by a lot or down by a lot, people will throw secondary metrics in your face and tell you that Jack Sawinski is actually doing a lot better. Well, yes, but no, his advanced metrics are skewed by mop up role. Whenever he really shines, uh, he may have a clutch hit here and there, but overall he's not a great player. And again, we talked about this in my most recent Talk the Plank, which we put out on Memorial Day. Uh, it came out today on uh, Buck's Dugout's official account. So if you haven't listened to that, go do it yet. Um, I tried being peaceful with Jack Sawinski, but now it's really starting to come to light because you look at the back. Like if you're a box score watcher, you see that Sawinski had two homers yesterday and you think, oh, he did great. Well, no, because those homers came in garbage time against a position player. How many times are we going to see that throughout the year and people still clamor on that he's a really good outfielder? He's not, okay? He is serviceable. He can be in there when you need him to be, but he's also not good. And I wouldn't have him be my first choice as an outfielder if I needed a third guy. But I digress. I'm kind of talking to a brick wall here because there's still going to be supporters for him. There's still going to be people that think Jack Sawinski belongs to have an every, or deserves to have an everyday shot on the on a starting roster and it's just it's unreal and i i just i wanted to bring that up again i want to keep hammering it home because it's it's becoming a problem we're now under 500 as the pirates and pirates fans because we have to sink in the ship along with them and now that we're under 500 we can start talking about this thing i I saw an article today or a tweet about now that we're under 500 officially in the month or in the year 2023 who are some trade candidates I know I'm being cynical with the Pirates, but come on. We're really starting to talk about trade pieces. First of all, I don't think we have anybody aside from Kutch, and Kutch already made it known that he's coming back to Pittsburgh in 2024 and wants to keep playing here. So he's off the table. Connor Joe has regressed, and I don't think they would have traded him anyway. Carlos Santana, they might have used it as a trade chip. He's not really doing too, too much. Rich Hill was never going to be a trade chip, and if he was, that's shocking to me. Vince Velasquez was our only hope and he's still hurt unless we trade somebody else that's in the starting roster, but who we won't trade Sawinski. We aren't going to trade clearly Brian Reynolds or key Brian Hayes. Um, we're not going to trade like Rodolfo Castro or something like that. We're certainly not going to trade Austin hedges because nobody's going to want him. So who would we trade? Nobody, at least for that matter, unless we trade one of our pitchers, which is not going to help because our pitching is in dire need. 
So those are just a couple of shower thoughts I have after this series. I mean, I really can't talk too too much because I already I already aired my grievances. I already held like a, a Pirates Festivus on the most recent Talk the Plank, which again you can listen to on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on BucksDugout.com, which comes out later this morning. Um you can listen to more about my thoughts. It, it, it Unfortunately, it was recorded before yesterday's series opener, but it still holds true. Pirates now under 500. They look to get back to 500 tonight. Doubtful that they will. But Johan Oviedo will oppose John Brebbia. I don't know what to think. It's a late game, 945. I'm going to tell you right now, as a fan, as a Pirates supporter, if you have a job that requires you to get up rather early in the morning, now, for me, I'm working in the early shift this week, 4 a.m. to 12.30. I'm going to miss every single pitch of this game, and I'm not going to be mad about it in the slightest. So if you have a job that requires you to be up early or you know that, that, that you can't do without a full eight hours rest, I encourage you to go to bed tonight, miss this game, because I'm sure it's going to end the same way it has been for the past month and couple of games. You're not going to miss much. If the Pirates even do win, it's going to be false hope. They're going to continue the downward spiral until they call up some prospects. Those are my thoughts. I'd love to hear yours. Tweet at me on Twitter, underscore Radio Jake, or at Talk the Plank Pod. Tell us what you think about the Pirates. Do you have some hope for them? If you do, I, I commend you. I really do, because it's, it's hard to hold hope right now and have some faith in this team. But you never know. Nobody expected the Pirates to go 20-8 and eight to open the season. Nobody expected this downward spiral. Maybe it'll even itself out. We don't know. That's going to be it for this morning's Bucket Joe. 9.45 tonight from Oracle Park. Johan Oviedo against John Brebbia. Game 2 of the Pirates and the Giants. will recap it for you tomorrow right here on Talk the Plank with our morning Buck of Joe. Go ahead, follow Talk the Plank at Talk the Plank Pod. Follow me at underscore Radio Jake. Follow my uh, follow our other personnel on Talk the Plank, Nathan Hirsch and Haley Ryan. Um, Haley has some minor league madness coming out every week. It's a great show. Nathan's also doing some stuff behind the scenes as well. He's been doing great stuff too, so show them some love. Follow Bucks Dugout and follow Fan First Sports Network at Fans First SN. And we'll see you tomorrow with our Morning Bucket Joe's. Jake Slobotnik saying, see ya until tomorrow. 